This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, my name is John Kelly, and I am here with the prince, the crown prince of Kentucky backpacking, the redheaded wonder himself, Jeremiah Stringer. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm alive. I'm alive and well, man. Doing great. Excited to be here. Oh, I am too. I'm, I'm ready too because I got my I got my cold brew here with me. Yeah, I got I one of those cold brew ugly. pitchers. I need the caffeine tonight, man. I need the caffeine bad. Dude, I can't tell you how excited I am at some point to actually have a real cup of coffee. I'm still drinking this decaf. Oh, you still got that eye thing, right? Yeah, I'm supposed to see a retina specialist soon. They haven't called to schedule me yet. So I hope that they're just like, hey, you're good, man. Start drinking coffee again. That's really, it's not about my eyesight. It's about being able to drink coffee. Ah, yes. Well, and, and this coffee is from a local uh coffee roastery down in danville called dry stack coffee yeah they got a deal with a local uh bourbon distillery and they age all of their coffee beans for this particular roast in bourbon barrels uh, be- oh, <laughs> i dude, bet that gives it so a richness good. oh it's so good it's so good anyways <laughs> makes great cold brew but uh anyways with that said I- i'm excited about today's show man i'm excited i got to meet greer for the first time earlier tonight uh, you guys have been friends for some time, and uh, you but you haven't seen each other in a while either. So this is kind of a reunion for you guys. Yeah, COVID with COVID, man. Normally I get I get to see him once a year, and I have known him for years now. But uh, with COVID, didn't didn't really get to see him. So, but we're here now. Before we bring him in, let let's actually thank today's uh, podcast episode sponsor, and that is Outdoor Beards. We're very thankful that Outdoor Beards has been the first sponsor ever for the Backpacking Podcast, and they are still with us today. And uh, I personally, we've talked about this this so many times, but dude, their balms, their soaps, their little chapstick things, their, uh, I mean, the mustache wax. I don't use the mustache wax because I grow a really horrible mustache, so <laughs> it would do me no good anyways. But the beard balm is killer. Like, I'm a huge fan of it. Yes, my beard balm of the month, because you know me. Yeah, I do know you. I I love chocolate. I love me something sweet, man. Yeah, dude. So they have one that is called Something Sweet Beard Balm, and it is basically like chocolate-dipped strawberries, which I've never met anybody that doesn't like them and smells just like it and actually just uh, opened up a new box of soap from them. And I am... uh, like you said, I've talked about it many times before, but I absolutely love their soap. It's not oh, just yeah. beard balms and beard oils. And by the way, holidays are coming up. Great fit, great stocking stuffers on their website. Make sure you check them out, outdoorbeards.com. Yeah, I actually talked to a guy yesterday who emailed me and said, what is the name of that beard place you keep talking about? And I told him, he emails me back an hour later and says, just ordered a sampler pack. So oh, if you want to get a sampler pack of them, they're great for me. This is no joke, Jeremiah. Matthew, one of the things he does for our sponsorship is he gives us some free products, right? Yes. He asked me what I wanted. I asked for four cans of the Morning Brew Beard Balm. 
It oh, smells yeah. like chocolate coffee, dude. It is the best thing in the world, and I, I have like a ton of it. So yeah, and after you put it in, use their brush or comb. And you, people think that growing a beard is really hard, but I think a lot of people just do too much. You just throw a little product in it, brush it or comb it, and then forget about it. Let it do its thing. Yeah, the way the ladies take care of their hair, we got to take care of our beards, man. That's right. It's important. So, Grooming matters. Grooming matters. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again, Outdoor Beards, for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure you check them out at OutdoorBeards.com. Yes, sir. And now let's bring on to the show tonight's guest, Greer Flynn. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing great, doing, man. Doing great. Fantastic. So... I, Go ahead, Greer. No, I was just say I was listening to your uh, to your infomercial, and actually, so I as I was commenting to both, I'm kind of new to the beard thing, so I'm definitely gonna have to check your sponsors out. Uh, but I did have to laugh because Jeremiah, you haven't seen me as we said in like two years, and I'm like doing Viking braids at this point. So like, <laughs> I take care of the top part and now the bottom part. It's just like adding double dipping. But so is I'm working on it. <laughs> you've got a hat on. Is is it not? Yeah. Show, I didn't. I didn't do anything good today, so that's my point. Oh, like, well, then the you don't braid. worry about it. If you don't want to show, we won't make you do it. But uh, I, it's I a, was curious about the Viking braids. So yeah, it's. Uh, I can. I can tie it down now. I just uh, actually on trail. I literally there was a, my trail family taught me how to do a French braid when I was on trail. So <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how to do it. Um, before I left, I was in Idaho. Uh, I'm sorry, we're just jumping right in, but um, I was in Idaho before I left, and this woman who had cut my hair there actually did cornrows for me, which was really kind of nice because they were really tight, so my hair didn't fall out. But it's painful uh, and then, while they're doing them, isn't it? It is painful while they're doing it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I had that, I did that back in the nineties. So like, oh I, wow, yeah, dude, that hurts so much. Oh my god. Oh yeah, it was. Um, I mean, she did a great. Jo- I mean, she did a great job. Oh, yeah. like, and I have I have classic white person hair, which means that like it's straight, <laughs> like it has no texture. It's not yeah. coarse, right? Yeah. So like, it, everything just falls out. And she was able to keep it in, and it stayed in for like two weeks. It was awesome. And then after that, I was just trying to figure out what to do. And someone, one of my trail family members, was just like. Oh, I'm totally going to teach you how to French braid. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, I need to be able to take care of this. So, yeah, that's awesome. I can do it, but I'm not great. <laughs> so, I'm, I've, so I'd started losing hair a few years ago, right? So, on top, it's not quite as full as it used to be back in the day. But uh, one of the places where I've started growing hair and I noticed how badly it's been happening was on my most recent video on YouTube when I noticed there was a giant nose hair sticking out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> did not realize it was even in the video until I'm watching it on YouTube and it's published and there's no going back at this point. So if anybody wants to have fun and go look at my last video, there's a few shots from up close. You see this huge hair hanging out of my nose. It's terrible, man. Oh, Absolutely man, terrible. Great. <laughs> you know, whenever uh, my very first backpacking trip ever, I met this guy named Hatchet Man. And um, some people, they may have heard this before, but he had all this stuff and one of the things among it was a like beard trim like full on you know like uh, a trimmer that you could plug in and shave everything needless to say that was one of the first things to go because (laughs) when when it comes to long distance backpacking you know you're trying to uh get as little weight as possible right yes yeah and of course he threw those away because you got to really embrace, even if you can't grow a beard and it's all patchy, when you get out there on trail and you're going to be out there for a while, you just got to embrace that culture. 
Yeah, I'm with you. There was a guy on the trail, and I, I hope no one's offended if I if I use them. But I know them all by trail names, so I don't think they'll be too offended. But there was a a, a gentleman, uh, I think Hey Alexa is what he went by. But I ended up I just started calling him. I just started calling him Mutton Chops because of his face. But by the way, and I guess I, I hope I hate to tell his story, but what I gathered from his story, which I'm sure he could tell you better, was he was in a hot tub with a bunch of other people, and no one else could control their phones, so he had to kept saying hey alexa to like do whatever they wanted to do i don't you know what i mean like call people set a timer change the music that is so he was awesome on trail he was north he was northbound he was northbound i met him in washington and so like i don't know where i don't know when but he yeah hey alexa was his name so that is maybe my favorite <laughs> it's great right now it's every great. time we're saying hey alexa everybody who's got one of those in their living room right now they're getting really mad at us you know really what i mean pissed or, off. <laughs> so so hey alexa play the backpacking podcast hey <laughs> i wonder Look if it worked you, i wonder if it worked so oh, uh, okay so real quick we we were talking to you beforehand and jeremiah yeah. and i just like asking random questions and so oh, okay we're gonna go into a little segment we call the pop quiz all right so the way this is gonna work is i'm gonna ask you a question then jeremiah is gonna ask you a question then I'm going to ask right. you another question, and then Jeremiah is going to ask you another question. Okay. So I'll go first. I'm curious, what's your trail name, and where did it come from? Uh, well, uh, I can be long-winded, so always cut me off. And um, my trail name is Crisco. So um, I actually got that on the first day. So Crisco, like shortening. Um, this guy from Ireland just kept calling me Lard because he couldn't remember it. Um, I was like, <laughs> I don't know that... <laughs> For those, of you, for those of you who can't see me, I, I wouldn't say that my physique is overly perfect. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not an Adonis, but like the general idea is I'm relatively slender and athletic looking. So to be, to be referred to as lard multiple times was a bit, uh, was a bit off, but Crisco came from, um, and it's kind of weird, but I have minimal backpacking experience. In fact, almost no backpacking experience before I started the PCT. Uh, and I think Jeremiah knows, but my experience being outdoors comes from when I was in high school in Canada. So I grew up in Toronto, Ontario. I went to a, a private school kind of up there for longer story issues, but they would take us camping every week or not every week, uh, every year, every year. Sorry. So uh, we went winter camping. We would bring literally Crisco, um, the shortening with us because um, you can eat it as a ration. Like if you know, it's it's empty calories. It's not nutritious, but if you gets you from town to town, gives you calories. Uh, the other thing with it is, if you uh, are cold, you can actually stick sticks in it and light them, and it'll burn like a candle. So it'll actually keep you warm longer than just simply having like a lighter. And it doesn't matter if you have fuel or not because it, it is your fuel. It's like whale, whale blubber kind of concept. Wow. That's um, interesting. And then yeah, and then the other one is that you can actually um, put it on your face. So if you're in the cold in winter in Canada, um, when the wind is whipping in your face, you have hoods, but you usually don't cover your nose like and your chapstick. cheeks. So yeah, it, it works just like chapstick. So um, when I was on trail, though, everyone's like, oh, we all just carry olive oil. And I was like, oh, well, the, I, and again, I, I, I carry Crisco. So I always have Crisco with me. So Crisco kind of became a name pretty quick. <laughs> I'm just glad it didn't end up being lard. It, I am happy. I mean, <laughs> I probably would have embraced it if everyone kept calling me lard, but like, you know, Crisco, it just, it, yeah. So literally I take, and by the way, everyone thinks that you have to buy like a giant tub, like the size of your face of Crisco, like your grandma did kind of thing, but they actually make them in bars. They're just like, um, the, like, yeah, butter. like butter. Yeah. I've seen those. They yeah. come in a bar. And so you just like, I would buy a pack of three, leave two of them in a, in a hiker bin. And then I would just take one with me if I needed it. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, John, I'm not going to lie. He stole mine. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I, I'm oh, wait, we've got some comments, though, going on here. Yeah, too, 72 though. hours for, for Crisco Candle. Yeah, it's true. And then Crisco was cool. I, I have another question about trail names. Yeah. Um, I was curious, what is the craziest trail name that you encountered out there? And do you know how they got it? Oh. Oh, the hey Alexa one was good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another one that I knew. I felt like everything was food related originally. Like everything was food. Um, oh my god, like loaf, cinnamon. Um, even if they were like, I mean, mine's Cristico. I guess that one kind of accounts, but it wasn't because I was eating it. Um, almost all of them were food. But I'm trying to think if there's something that wasn't. There was a guy, uh, Whole Foods. I, I asked him, and I can't remember what his response was, and I felt kind of bad, but I was like, please tell me that you're Whole Foods because you shop at Whole Foods and not because you eat everything. Like, <laughs> I, felt like I don't know who gave you that name, but I hope you enjoy it. Uh, well, hiker hunger is no joke. So, I mean, hiker you know, hunger is a thing. That's no joke. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, the Hey Alexa one was, oh, oh, Walmart Two Socks. Walmart um, Two Socks. <laughs> I don't remember how it got, oh, how did he get that name? God, Walmart. Um, I think he literally went because he wanted to change his socks frequently, as opposed to like I bought. Um, I bought socks through. Actually, I bought a several. Um, I ended up going with Feature eventually because they have compression in them. So I ended up getting free features in the end. But I did start with like what everyone else does, right? What what company is that? I'm sure you can just name it off the top of your darn head. Tough darn, darn tough. Yeah. darn tough. So darn tops were great. Honestly, I didn't dislike them, but I even asked them specifically, like I talked to the dude and I was like, Hey, I would like something for compression because you know, you turn 30 and then now you have so you know have varicose veins because I'm on my feet all day for work. So anyway, so they don't have anything with compression. So I, I went with um, features. But he was just like he didn't have those problems, so he was just trading out socks. So he was like buying socks like crazy at Walmart, apparently, because they were cheap. <laughs> That's so funny. maybe Walmart two socks. Maybe that one's the best one. And he's all over um, Gut Hook, which is just changed their name, but um, whatever the new app is called. Yeah, they call it Far Out. Yeah, far out, out, yeah. He's all he's all over Far Out, making comments on like water feeds on the PCT. So you can find his comments all over. Well, I want to. Oh, you oh. asked your question. It's my turn. You, yeah, you can't. Like not I. Don't you be cutting in line? Don't you be cutting I'm in not, line, Jeremiah? I'm not. I'm not cutting in line. I just wanted to say I want to revisit the far out discussion because we haven't talked about that on this podcast yet. But John, you go ahead. Don't you be cutting in on my question time, man? I'm just <laughs> <Go> saying. <ahead. laughs> okay, so so yeah. you are really in the past year a new hiker or a new backpacker, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've clearly walked on a trail before. Yeah, like you know what I mean. But like, I've never like slept in the woods and carried myself through a mountain trail. Like that's that is entirely new. That's okay. Not, yeah. Here's my question. <laughs> Once you got on the trail, what was the one thing that surprised you the most about backpacking? Um. I mean, if you want, I have an honest answer that is PC, but I don't. I'll I'll give you my honest answer, and and I hope you don't have to edit anything out. But um, I will say um, the use of recreational substances. If oh, I can really? Say that. Yep. I don't know why I didn't expect that, and I guess to be specific, I mean, I didn't see people doing anything that I would be like overly. First of all, I'm not morally opposed to anything. I guess you could say there are some things I would really caution you as a nurse practitioner not to use. <laughs> but um, I was very surprised by how, like how much marijuana I know we were in Washington. I know it's legalized in Washington, but it's just like, 
uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm not really around people who do a lot of drugs, even like marijuana, for example. And so I was floored like by like, oh my, wait, oh, this is like every day, everybody. Oh, okay. Okay. I did not know that this was normal. <laughs> so that was probably like the most, um, yeah, like I was legitimately surprised. I expected everyone to be hiking like hardcore and being like, I don't have time for this. And most people were very casual about hiking and so they were just like yeah i'm just here to have fun and like you know enjoy my day and just like you know kick it with nature and i'm like nothing there's anything wrong with that but i think that because their mindsets were different than mine i didn't even fathom that that was even going to be an option yeah if that makes sense i can believe that i can absolutely believe that yeah that's i haven't heard that answer before I've heard it. Very yeah. so again i apologize if i'm like uh, but yeah that was yeah i was surprised i was very surprised yeah, that's a great answer. I I am uh, I'm very curious now. I don't know. We haven't got in depth yet of how far you went, where you started, or, or if we did, I might have missed the first part. My internet kind of cut out there, but um, it seems like out west, there's literally like a fire season every year. And I've always lived on the east coast. I've only been out to like Colorado to do some backpacking, but from what I see, it's just like yep. Fire season's coming. Better have your fire insurance. So <laughs> did did you encounter any trail closures or issues oh. when it comes to your hike as a result of either smoke or fire or anything along those lines? Yeah, that I mean, oh my God. We could talk about that for an hour. Um, so again, I didn't know any I did not know any of this. I didn't even know that you needed a permit until like two weeks before the permits were up for sale or for auction. Does that make sense? Like I, I I knew none of this. Again, I knew nothing. So I figured out that you needed a permit literally, I think two weeks before it was due. And I was like, well, thank God I figured that out because I wouldn't have had a permit. Um, In terms of the fire question though. So (laughs) this kind of leads maybe into a different discussion. So I won't go too far down it, but like my father dropped me off, which I was very appreciative that he was kind enough to drive from Portland to the northern terminus, essentially, which is, um, oh gosh, I'm going brain dead. I should have looked up all the spots, but um, whatever the camp is, I'm going brain dead. Anyway, um, he ended up dropping me off kind of up there, but he literally drove past the fire in Manzana, Washington. Like, just like there, I have photos of it. Like, there's just, oh, there's the fire. And my father was very concerned about the fact that he's like, I'm dropping you off three miles away from an active roaring forest fire that we are in the middle of smoke. Like we are, if you looked online, there was like the section of, we are clearing you out. You must leave your house. And then there was the, you should be prepared to leave soon. And we were like in the, we are clearing you out. Cars were leaving. People are going by. They're blowing like smoke. They're dropping things. I mean, it was just like active forest fire, basically like looking out your window on the hill across the small river between you and like not as wide as the Ohio for those of you who live this direction like like the beginning of the Missouri concept like it is right right there so my parents were super concerned and uh and I think rightfully so to an extent um (laughs) maybe (laughs) we can get into the specifics of like what do you do when your parents don't want you to hike and you're 30 years old well I'm older I'm over 30 but you know what I mean like you know what do you do in those situations that's a whole different conversation but specifically about the fire that was probably the biggest concern um i'm asthmatic but i don't have too many problems anymore to be honest with you so i did have an inhaler with me but the smoke never shut me down uh there were days when you could look on your app uh, on your phone just regular phone apps to tell you what the air quality was like and there were definitely days that were bad Uh, i never had a problem there were people who did um 
in terms of other fires, I could not make it all the way through California because of the fires, right? So more specifics related to that one, as anyone who might be listening already knows, because they may have tried. Um, during, uh, was it Labor Day? Labor Day weekend, the governor of California, and I apologize if I'm getting this wrong, but Labor Day weekend, governor of California shut down all trails, all people, all reasons. It doesn't matter. So you could not hike any part of California for the entire weekend and then two weeks afterwards. So that's right when I'm hitting California. So that's all shut down. Then Northern California was already shut down for the Dixie fire, which I'm pretty sure is still going. So wow. that that's 700 miles that goes into Oregon, all of Northern California. Then there's the middle section, which again has all of the permit sections like the John Muir Trail and all those kind of things that people kind of talk about or you might hear people talk about. That section became open again, but pockets were potentially threatened. And then the same thing kind of with the South. So I ended up not finishing my hike, unfortunately, for several reasons. The primary one was the fires because it was just like, I can't get through this. Like I just like, and, and um, there were other reasons such as I actually gave myself a stress fracture in my arm, believe it or not, (laughs) Um, from hiking a little bit too hard and aggressively with poles. Um, And so like, so yeah, between stress fracture and gear issues and the fires, and it was just like, you know, my trail family came to pick me up. Uh, They had just watched um, Washington that came to pick me up in Oregon. And it was just like, you know, this is a sign. This is, this is a sign. I learned a lot. I'm going to be better next time, but yeah. Oh, and then of course, just add on with the fires. One last thing, and I'm sorry, we'll go on is that, and this is a problem that I'm going to have for next year. For those of you who might be considering hiking the PCT, I don't know. I don't work for the the Pacific Crest Trail Association, but I envision that you will have a hard time hiking the trail next year. And the reason why is because of all the fires this year, they won't approve walking in certain sections because they have to go through themselves and verify that it's clean and safe. So I envision that you're not going to be able to go through sections just like you could not go through a specific section in in Oregon this year. So they're going to have to create alternate routes or something. And I don't think they'll be ready by next year. Like there are, there are no alternate routes in some sections. Wow. That's crazy. Keep, keep that in mind if you're listening and you're interested in doing one of the major three next year, I guess is my point. Well, Greer, you get an A plus. Yeah. You passed your pop quiz. <laughs> Great job, man. Great job. Thanks. Uh, one of the things we got to get going here, Jeremiah, has to be up every week, and that is the ticker, the fake news ticker. Oh, that's going to get yeah. going right now. So uh, while that's up for all you people who want to see all the fake news, all the fake news that is not real, but we say it is, it's right there on the bottom of the screen. So... Uh, Okay, let's keep this going because I'm really, I mean, I'm fascinated by the, the fire thing. Um, yeah. How frustrating was that? I mean, y- y- it's hard to get time away to do something like this. It's hard to um, get ready for it, to get all the stuff, like study everything you need to know when you get out there. And don't make fun of that Cleveland hat, bro. We totally torched <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. Celebration. That's all I'm saying. Um, but anyways, uh, for those who are listening, somebody's trying to smack talk my hat right now. So I, I think they're succeeding at the smack talk. I they, mean, they failed. they failed. They totally failed. So, uh, but anyways, um, back to what we're talking about. Like, how, how frustrating was that? I mean, not being able to, to get out there when you had done all this planning and probably saved up a lot of money and, and done all this. Yeah. So, um, my, 
my family will tell you that I uh, was flying by the seat of my pants and uh, definitely was a true statement. So um, I didn't actually do a lot of planning for this trip because I didn't even know where to start. Um, and I think that I watched hours, like hundreds of hours of YouTube videos on like what to bring and what to wear and what to do and, and all this stuff. But it's just, there's so much that you just literally don't know until you get there. Like I couldn't tell you how fast I was going to hike. I, I couldn't tell you how much elevation gain I could handle in a day. I couldn't tell you how much water I was going to consume. I couldn't tell you uh, how long I was going to sleep. I couldn't tell you what type of socks I was going to wear. I mean, literally I could tell you nothing. Um, and so when my parents were like, well, how are you going to do this? And I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. And so I, I do have a much, a very carefree spirits as a person. Uh, for those of you, who actually, I don't think anyone of you would probably would know, but I, I'm a travel nurse. So I'm used to like, just literally picking up and going somewhere else and just being like, I'll figure it out. I don't know anything about your floor. I don't know anything about your unit. I don't know what you do. I don't know who's here. I don't know anything, but I'll figure it out. So I'm very much that way in general. Um, and so doing this, all I did was section the time off. I worked enough. Uh, during, of course, pandemic, my God, I can work anywhere I want. Uh, however long I want, I'll take whatever I can give them, right? Yeah. Um, but I worked as enough to save up the financial ability to pay my mortgage, to pay my car payment, that kind of stuff, pay a cell phone bill, all the things that you normally have for expenditures. I saved up enough to be able to take off four months. And that's kind of what I did. Um, and so I, it was very frustrating not to be able to finish because I kind of was like, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to do it. And I was on track to do it. Um, to do it in a hundred days, which was my goal, you have to do 26 miles a day on average. And I was pulling between 30 and 40, um, even in Washington, which I did not know at the time, but is, uh, relatively fast compared to most, most people hike about 2.5 miles an hour is a little bit on the faster end, but it's, it's kind of an average. And I hike somewhere between three and four. Um, and I carry about 50 pounds, which I learned was the bad decision. Um, Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's... That's a lot of weight. Um, but but in but in comparison, so I, I did some I did some training, quote unquote, quote unquote. Uh, anyone who worked with me in Idaho knows that I so I work as you know I'm a floor nurse. I work 12 hours a day, usually about 14 by the time I get home, and I would carry 25 pounds on my back all day, like whole day. So CPR backpack is on, like everything is like I carry the backpack weight the whole time. So carrying 50 pounds wasn't that much of an upgrade from carrying 25 to 30 every day. Um, and then I did end up cutting my weight down to kind of help with that a little bit, a little. I think I got down to like 35 to 40 pounds. Wow. So if you could start over now, <laughs> what, what do you think that your base weight would would come out to be? What kind of changes would you I make? am buying all new stuff. Uh, <laughs> all new yeah. stuff. Jeremiah, it's, I got to show you, you this. This is starting already. Okay. Where are the stickers? Stickers. Uh, oh, what stickers. are these stickers? So let me let me tell Greer. I what yeah what Greer first, dude. I really wish you probably didn't even know. Like About you what? watch these hundreds of hours of YouTube, but I had this YouTube channel, and it's all about backpacking. So I wish that you would have reached out <laughs> because I could have helped you like pick out the gear that you needed and like it, just the gear stuff. Right? Yeah. I'm I'm a East Coast backpacker at heart. You know I don't know a whole lot about. <laughs> all that you're talking about, what your pace would be and, and all that. But I could have gave you some insight. <laughs> so this YouTube channel I have is growing. And like, I think we're now around 26,000 subscribers. Hey, John, well, <laughs> well, thank you. But John, he, I promised him, or I don't know if I promised. You promised. I, said, <laughs> I don't know if I you, promised. You want, it's on a, an episode of this show. <laughs> 
It could be. No, it, it is. Be, but <laughs> I told him that I would get merchandise. And he lied. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and that was like, I was like, okay, maybe at 10,000 subscribers. Maybe. And now he did not kept... say maybe. I'm just letting you know. He said at 10,000 subscribers, I'll start making merch. So right. John lied. John is on this mission to to get me to to make merch, but I haven't <laughs> done it yet. So he, he's got he's got people emailing me and commenting, going to my videos, sending and it's on the on it's, it's down at the bottom of the screen right now. Does anyone yeah, understand why like Jeremiah it. still has no merch? I'm at a loss. <laughs> I tell him I'm working on it, which I, I am, but just not hard enough, I guess. Yeah, I could like you know. I don't know, a Sony or sticker on my backpack or something. Oh, here we go. I want a coffee cup. A coffee mug. Yeah. That would coffee be nice. Cup, mug, cup, yeah. Sorry, I sorry, think, there you go. I think it has to be something practical. I don't know. Maybe uh I think somebody's talking to me about I could maybe partner with uh, one of our former sponsors and maybe talk to them about Hey, why don't we partner up and do something that's practical? Not, nothing with Gonex, though. <laughs> Greer, that's a whole different story. I okay, I was like, do I, I'm still new to this community. I keep learning expressions for things, and I'm like, that's a thing? <laughs> oh, the poop hammock. Yeah, that would be cool. I, is that a thing? I also don't I – mean, again, I am very new to this. <laughs> it, oh, it's okay. Yeah, there. we have uh, gone on and on about the poop hammock. It's basically like a uh, – a hammock that you can sit in, not a not a traditional hammock. It's like a seat hammock, except okay. it has a hole for pooping. I mean, yeah, I, I, you could you could easily sew that. Actually, that that's a weave that you could easily do. It exists. Oh, it exists. It exists. It exists. One, one of my buddies. Oh, it exists. Oh, I, was called, like, I, could, I was like, it's I can see it. It's the Porta Privy. The Porta Privy. Yeah, the Privy dot com. Did you hang it? You hang it on a tree, I assume. Between right? two trees, yeah. Hang it between two trees. Two sit trees. There, a- cup of coffee. Pooping, it's great. You just yeah, little, little bidet action. You'll be yeah, good to go. Get the bidet out. There you, there you go. There you go. But but enough about me. We could go no. on and on about me all day, <laughs> and we as we should. I haven't seen you in two years. <laughs> let's let's talk about Greer. So yeah, I wish, man, I wish I would have known, and then I could have like helped you pick out some gear. Well, so I did. I was a so here's my here's my thing. I as a person. I always, my bro, my brother was like, you always just like figure you're, you're like, he, my brother goes, it's only one of those, like one of those backhanded compliment concepts, right? He's like, you know, you're really smart. And so you just like, think you're going to be able to figure everything out by yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, that is, those are b- true statements. <laughs> like, yes, I do think I'm just going to be able to figure it out myself. So I like, I don't, I'm like, yeah, I'll just figure it out. So here's the problem I bought and I like the backpack, but here's the problem. I wanted to get one thing. Like I was like, I'm going to buy one backpack. I'm new to this environment. I'm going to get one backpack for everything I do. And when I was in Idaho, I was hiking up mountains and then I was skiing down them on the same day, like it's 65 degrees out. And because of the elevation gain, I'm like, it's like three miles up kind of, I mean, it's just like, we're still going so far up. And then we literally ski down the other side. And so I was like, oh, I want to be able to like strap like a board to my back because again, I can I can ski and I can snowboard. But um, yeah. I want to be able to strap that to my back, which I, I don't have one with me yet because again, I'm getting into all of this. So I was like, oh, I want a backpack that'll be able to do that and then carry everything I need to do. So I bought the Osprey Ether 70 liter, uh, um, which, which is a gr- it's a great backpack. Like, it is and a great I got backpack. the plus version so it's got the end like the lid comes off and it's its own backpack in addition so you can have like a base camp kind of like backpack with your tent and everything and then you can just like put snacks in the backpack 
and like take it up the mountain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be great for that, but it is way too much for trying to do 30 to 40 and and one. I think my max was like 50 miles a day. You did a 50 mile day. Yeah, but that was so like uh, learning things, right? Apparently, there's a thing where you do like as much as you can do in 24 hours, mm-hmm. and I couldn't, I couldn't do 24 hours. So I did like 20 hours or something like that. I think I hiked for maybe 18, 19 hours, and I did like 50. Um, and I will say that I didn't enjoy it <laughs> um, because it was like a lot of headlamp, and I couldn't see anything. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm done here. I was like, I made it to 50. I I did it. I did it the day I needed to do it to get my trail family was going to pick me up on a Thursday and I needed to get there. And the mileage was like 80 and I was like, I can do 30 in a day. No problem. But I got to pull the other 50 somewhere or I got to pull the other 20 somewhere. So I was like, so I guess I'll just do a 50. And so I just did a 50 in Washington. I guess I was in Northern Oregon at this point. Just so did a, a 50. I mean, it's no big deal. Just I was bored. I, I hiked 50 miles in one day. Okay. I mean, that's no big deal. So you may be impressed, but there's a dude you should all check out. Uh, he goes by the German hiker, and he was super cool. He's the only person I hiked with who hiked my speed, and he did 40 to 50, and he's doing the entire Western Loop, which I hope he finished. Uh, I'll have to ch- I literally have his phone number. I'll have to check in with him and see if he's still in the States. But he hiked all of the CDT northbound. Then he went across the Pacific West Trail. Then he was going down the CDT. Or the PCT, sorry, who's going down the the PCT to then hop over, and I I crossed him in Oregon, and I was just like, "You're doing the entire Western Loop backwards, mind you. Most people do it the other direction." Uh, and so he was doing forty a day every day, and I was doing thirty. So he also had the appropriate gear. <laughs> he was but carrying. I still hear thirty, and I'm just like, "I'm good, man. Yeah. Like I'm good." Well, it's different. It's different out west, though. The grade is different. Like. It would be so difficult, I think, to do uh, almost impossible to do fifty miles on the Appalachian Trail with gear. Like you'd you'd almost have to be. It's like ultra running, you know, a supported hike. You're trying to break records and stuff. I'm not. I'm not trying to um, discredit anything that you've done or discredit anything that anybody done. I'm just saying that the terrain is different and the grade is different. So. 50 miles, I don't care if you do that on flat ground under air condition, you know, <laughs> with somebody giving you Gatorade along the way. 50 miles at anything is impressive. Yeah. But so the other thing, I will say this. I have not been, I have not done the AT, but, you know, I have heard about the AT and I'm familiar with the uh, the elevation game, which is why my friend encouraged me to do the PCT first. Um, but I will say that Washington is like 7,000 elevation gain every day concept. Like, I mean, it's, it is the, it is the AT is Washington. When you get to Southern California, it's just flat. It's a desert. It doesn't matter. But Washington, yes. If you're doing like, that's why, like I was trying to do 30 in Washington and my friends who have done it were like floored because they were like, how are you doing 30 miles in Washington? And, uh-huh. and I thought I was behind and they were like, you are going to be doing 50 when you get to California. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. This is new to me. All I know is is I think twenty three is my high like for a day and thirty is like your minimum like dude that's that's an insane hiking I'm just giving you my props. minimum was twenty five okay so, but but still that's <laughs> my dude what, major props for, major what props do you do for, for work that. though like I I walk five to ten miles a day for work 
That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Carrying still... twenty five pounds and lifting patients. <laughs> yeah, but I I am with John, and let me say, I'm still giving you props. By the way, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by the way, I am a complete idiot, as I stated before, when it comes to anything to do with West Coast backpacking. So, you what you did in Washington may be what it may be a hundred times harder than what I was comparing it to on the AT. I have no idea. So hopefully, hopefully I didn't offend everybody because I, I have no idea at all when it comes to the out West. Uh, I'll do the AT and let you know. <laughs> oh, How about you? What you are should. you doing this summer? What are you doing this next summer? Well, my wife and I, I, with COVID, you never know, but we want to do the Camino de Santiago. Yeah. So, I don't think that it's going to be possible just because like they just opened up, I think today the U S to people who are vaccinated that are European and then some other countries too, I'm sure. But by the time summer rolls around, who knows what that's going to look like. So I think that we'll have to push it, but that's what I want to do. Bridget and I do that. You get two months off, right? Yeah. We're, we're done in like mid May and then go back at the end of July. So I have Mm -hmm. the time to do it. Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. don't know if, with you know the pandemic and all that if it's possible yeah and and again like i'm 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 spoiled rotten at this point because again i can work whenever i want which is amazing all right let's flip let's flip the switch a little bit real quick because i'm curious about something yeah absolutely curious about something let's talk van life for a little bit (laughs) let's talk van life i know we're the backpacking podcast but but i'm always like people who do van life i'm so curious about it and you're a van life guy, right? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. I mean, yeah, just like backpacking and brand new, right? But yeah. yes, I have definitely spent time in my van, living in my van with nothing in it <laughs> on the road while I'm working. Yeah, I've definitely so, done that. So what kind of van do you have? Let's start with that. So I have a ProMaster. I have a, um, it's a 2019 ProMaster. There's a couple of different versions. There's like the standard, the extended, and then like the extra long. I have the middle one, so it's uh, I can't remember. It's it's twenty feet long, I guess you could say. Um, I think from nose to the to the tail, um, and uh, I bought it in case anyone's curious if you're out there because there are other vans, but I'm tall. Uh, I'm about six two, a little bit shorter than that, depending on what shoes I'm wearing, kind of thing, right? So, but I can lay left and right. I can sleep left and right in my van, oh, wow. which allows me to leave more space for counter space and everything else that you might want to put in there. Because again, it's it's a mini RV for those of you who are entirely unfamiliar with the concept. Uh, it's just a very small, tiny home kind of kind of thing. So I did buy it for that purpose, um, and I bought the two thousand five hundred. So the the ton and a quarter. You can buy three thousand five hundred, which can haul more stuff. But I again, it gets worse gas mileage. I was I was just kind of like I'm going to be living mostly in the city, and it's going to be weekend trips that I'll be going into the country if that makes sense. And I'm not going to be doing any off roading with my van. But some people put in like a whole system to go off roading, and I I don't have four wheel drive. It's it's going to be I'm going to backpack in. You know what I mean? That's what my was my plan. So yeah, so um, that's kind of what I drive, um, and it's also my vehicle. It's my primary vehicle for anyone who might be curious. Um, I did not own a car before that. Actually, um, I did have a vehicle that got hit by a drunk driver and totaled the vehicle. And I didn't, I went without a vehicle for about five years. I just ride a bike everywhere. Wow. Um, or I would borrow a car or I'd rent a car, you know what I mean? Like if I needed one, but I would ride a bike to work, I'd walk to work. So when I was going to start travel nursing, I needed a vehicle and I thought, why not make a vehicle where I can live? Um, and that's the plan. Yeah. So 
so I got into backpacking a few years ago and Bridget is definitely not into it as much as me. She still goes with me. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Bridget. I understand. (laughs) So whenever I got into it and then I I discovered the AT and I was like, man, this would be really cool to do. And it'd be hard to take off the time for work. And then I'd done the long trail and that took me about a month. And the hardest thing was being away from family. So I was like, what if I can find a way for Bridget to be part of this Appalachian Trail experience? Mm -hmm. And so we actually talked about doing the van life. Now, I don't know how on board she would be now, but we talked about doing the van life because it's like the perfect, like, segue to, to do as much backpacking as you want because you have it there and it's like self supporting, right? You have Mm -hmm. everything you need and it kind of goes hand in hand with that more minimalist lifestyle because you only have so much storage mm-hmm. so you can only fit so much food clothing etc on there but i think the van life would be very very interesting there were two people who were doing the van life thing on the trail um they were basically being supported so what would happen would be a, a spouse or a partner or a friend would, would however the relationships were depending on the the, the the people and i didn't get the specifics but um they would they would meet at every road Basically, so you would hike between roads and they would meet you two, three days later at the next pass. So they'd meet you, you know, like there was a woman who was helping her husband. The husband was hiking the entire thing and she met him up at Snoqualmie. And so she was there with like the van and just like she had a generator. There was a little bit more bougie, (laughs) which is great. That's what they want. They're, you know, they're retired. They probably have a little bit extra income and that's what they want to do. Live a little bit more, like a little bit nicer. Um and they bought a full like fixed one and she was meeting him and then like preparing him with meals and he'd have a nice place to sleep. Um, my, my van is not finished. Uh, we'll have a shower in it, for example. So I'll be able to shower in it. Wow. Um, yeah, a toilets, everything. So, it, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a camper basically. Well, when you well, said 20 it... feet, I was like, that's not the vans that I've seen people use. That's kind of cool. <laughs> you, you kind of, yeah, yeah, you're I... thinking, um, like the, the Volkswagen, like whatever that van yeah, is called. Yeah, that, that too, just like more of the passenger vans. This is a more of a, you're almost a camper size. Oh, yeah, this isn't, this yeah. is, it's the Amazon the van. The, the Amazon van is literally yeah. what I have. Yeah. It's, it's massive. And like, I, like the front seats t- turn around so you can sit inside it. And it's like the entire cabinet is open. Um, my floor plans are unique. I, I made them myself just because I wanted something very specific. I want to be able to fit a canoe inside my van. Um, because that's what I grew up doing. So I have a 20 foot canoe. And so foot, fitting that inside a 20 foot vehicle is a bit tight. <laughs> um, so you, Pythagorean theorem, it works. How, yeah. How are you going to fit this? Oh, math teacher. Here goes math teacher. Plus B squared equals C squared. You, you do math. Yeah. I mean, so I'll you can get a hypotenuse on that one. Yeah. That is interesting. I don't know. Why do you, was it just a gas mileage? Is that why you didn't want to put it on? instead of in yeah basically i don't and also because yeah, i want to be able to store everything inside the vehicle if i'm not using it the idea mm-hmm. is to load everything up on the inside and then be able to take things out when you get to the campsite so okay. i would chain it up let go me ahead. ask you this what's the most unique feature like is there something that you're going to do to it that's kind of just something you just wanted yes. to do that most other people maybe aren't doing with their vans yep uh so there's a couple things that i do uh that i haven't uh so I, again i'm not a welder so this is it's been a it's been a fun it's been fun um yeah it took me a it took me a month to put in four windows because i put a hole in it um a very large hole and then i had to reattach that hole um so that was fun 
but it's working. It doesn't leak. What happened um, with the hole? Yeah. Um, so I'm finding, um, I'm, I'm, and I actually, I'm hoping to maybe do videos about this, but I'm Jeremiah, you know, I'm not, in, I'm not on social media. I don't do this, but, um, but the point is, is that like all of the videos I seem to watch, I should say the majority of videos that I watch for people who do van life stuff will shoot a video and they will talk about what the thing that they want to do. And then they'll have like five minutes talking about how they're nervous about it and how they've never done it before. And they're worried. And then you'll do a fast clip of them, like physically doing it in like fast, fast paced motion. And then when it's all done, they'll be like, Hey, I did it. Aren't I amazing? This was great. It worked great. You guys can do it too. <laughs> He's, calling... He's calling me out right now. Okay. <laughs> do you do the video? Nah, I'm just kidding. You, I'll, maybe like... I'll do that. <laughs> But like, there's so that like the minutia of details aren't there. Yeah. They're like, like so like I don't. This is why like I'm literally like like here's a prime example. The swivel seats that I have, the actual physical swivel seats that I have, they the directions are in French. I can read French great, but most of us can't. The moral of the story is that, um, the point is that when I went online to watch the video because the instructions, although in French, aren't great anyway, um they linked a video of a van lifer who put them in their, their vehicle and they put them in upside down. So like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm not mad at anybody, but my point is like, this is the stuff that I keep finding. And so my point is that like, it's not as helpful as it could be because the people who are doing this, like I teach or I did until I started doing travel nursing, like they're not teachers, they're not educators. They don't like break things down into a way that helps you learn an activity or a concept. They just, um, I don't know how to say that without offending people. Like they, they like, you know, are, I feel like they're marketing themselves, which is great. Cause like, who doesn't want to say like, Hey, watch my channel. But like, yeah, but I want to know how to install it. Like I need a boring video that says, Hey, listen, we're going to learn how to do this. The objectives of this are a B C. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. the way you learn from any other instructional video you've ever seen. That's that's so this you, right here. See this thing? This is my new ridgeline for my hammock, and it's got okay. this little toggle on it. And there's a guy named Jeff Myers who makes this, and he makes these instructional videos. They're not flashy. They're not like <laughs> amazing, like quality. But when I get done watching that video, I know exactly how to do what I need to do, because he's not concerned with the flash and all that stuff. He just wants to let you know, hey, this is how this thing works. Here you go. So you're yeah. saying you need those kinds of videos that are just, yeah, show me what to do. So my goal is to maybe potentially do that. I just think it would be useful. I don't need it to be flashy. I don't really care. I'm not here for the likes concept, but um, it would just be very helpful, I think, for people like the window concept, right? Like I cut a hole that was too large and yeah, they're like trace it, but like you physically cannot. And again, if I had a video for you, I could show you the window is eight feet long. It's eight feet long window. So like trying to get a marker in there to like, like get the right sizing, it, it doesn't work. Or like people would be like, oh, I used a grinder. It's great. And I'm like, no, no, do not use a grinder <laughs> because I did. And like I had to physically strip the entire, the entire vehicle. Like I had insulation and everything in it, strip the entire vehicle. And then I hosed it all down because there were metal shavings everywhere. The entire floor was rusting out. The sides uh, were rusting. Oh, I have metal yeah. shavings on the outside of the vehicle that are embedded into <clears> the paint. So I had to clear coat the entire exterior and put a new coat of uh, wax on it. It's, it was a whole thing. I bet so, that was cheap too, wasn't it? Well, I mean, I'm doing it myself and I don't care what the floor looks like. So, and I can do a clear coat coat. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm yeah. learning a lot. Uh, my father always says, and I don't know if, if he made this up or not, but his, his expression is always, 
what you lose in money, you gain in experience. And honestly, that has been the truth here, left, right, and center. So I can help anyone with their van, at least on the window <laughs> and the seat part. I mean, the intricacies that I know are, are obnoxious. And well, I hope to hopefully put that out there for other people when I have an opportunity here. And you're going to be learning mechanical stuff too if you're going to do the van life thing. I mean, you're going to learn uh, that. Yeah. My All my cousins are electricians, so I got that one covered. And then I grew up, my, uh, my parents always lived in houses that were being repaired. So plumbing is pretty easy for me. Um, because I've, I've done most of it. I haven't done, I haven't used PEX yet, so that'll be new for me, but um, I'm familiar with just the general concepts of, of plumbing, essentially. So yeah, but it'll be fun. So I, I'm not sure if we answered John's question or not, because I kind of got oh. you off task there. I'm but sorry. Never what, happens I'm on sorry. this podcast. <laughs> that never happens on this podcast, ever. What was it, what was it specifically that you were doing that is kind of out of the oh, ordinary yeah, that yeah. other people aren't? Really well, I don't have it. a I don't have a patent on it, so everyone feel free to go. Um, but uh, oh so, wait, do we need to hold off until you file a patent? I don't listen. You know, I am a non-proprietary person. Like I do not okay. care. I am not here for the money ever, <laughs> ever, on any situation. Like it's a lot, lots of examples of that in my life. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that I have seen actually somebody do. Um, I've seen people put um, gas struts in the ceiling to pull beds down from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I prefer things that are mechanical as opposed to things that are electronic. If they're electronic, you have to do wiring. If they're electronic, you have to worry about your battery. So if you can do something like you know, steampunk wise, that's like more mechanical, I'm all for it. So I've seen people put gas struts in like the things that help hold up your cabinets on the back of your truck, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So they'll put those in to hold up your bed and pull it down from the ceiling. What I have not seen people do is use reverse gas struts, which are the ones that, so gas struts normally push, reverse mm-hmm. gas struts pull. And so I haven't seen anyone do reverse gas struts in the ceiling. And the reason I'd like to do that is because typically in van builds, what you have to do is you have to either decide that you're not going to be able to see out the windows. And then you're going to have more of a solid wall or a small, tiny window. I have full panoramic windows. Again, I have eight foot windows in the van. So I wanted to be able to see out those windows. If you put gas struts in, they'll push the bed up and then you'll have gas struts in your line of sight. If you put reverse gas struts in, they attach to the ceiling and they'll pull the bed up so that you can still see out the windows. Okay. But framing it that way is going to be challenging because I haven't seen anybody do it yet. And there's only specific spots that you can attach it. So that's going to be a mechanical feat when they get there. And then the last thing that I haven't seen anyone do either is that they'll have a dinette set in the back, right? Like two bench seats and they'll put a table between them. That's not entirely uncommon. But what I don't know why I haven't seen anybody do is I haven't seen them put the very back end by the rear, have those seats connect and expand. So you can actually slide them together and make a fifth seat, like a U, like a U boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then move it back out when you want an alley down the middle. So I haven't seen anybody do anything like that. And I did that because I want to be able to take a motorcycle up through the middle. So the, the middle will be an alley, a straight alley. But if you wanted to sit there, you could bring it back and make a U bend. So you can put five people around the table instead of four. So when you so get this thing that, done, can we come and do a video of your van? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. We need to do that. Jeremiah. We're going to have Dude, to do that. Be so fun. And we could backpack. I don't know if we could keep up with him, but no right, chance. We could do a little no chance. You, can, you can hang out with my boyfriend and just sit in the van because he's not going. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do Trey. the backpacking, but you're going to have to wait at camp for me for hours. <laughs> I'll, hang out, I'll hang out with Trey. Yeah, you can just hang so, out with Trey. <laughs> I, I'm, I do want to address something, and this is probably a Jeremiah problem. 
But oh, I okay. see some people commenting. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they're over here, and they they're talking about how convenient it is whenever you're you have you're doing the van life right, and then yeah. you wake up and you're already at the trail the morning of, and you can just boom, it's 4:30 mm -hmm. a.m. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm ready to go. I just grab my stuff and start walking from the trailhead. Now the Jeremiah problem is I like to sleep in, and that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that panoramic window sounds like I'm going to get woken up at the break of daylight. How are you addressing that issue? Or is yeah. that just a me problem? No, no, no. So, well, first of all, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, so it's a you problem. But more importantly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. More Fantastic. importantly, though, um, what? Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm actually creating. Um, you can a lot of people actually sell these online. You can buy um, window shades essentially for your windows, depending on the size. And well, all the windows are like the standard size. So if you pick a window size, I guarantee you, you can find a van lifer who does this as a side job. Yeah. They have a sewing machine, um, and they kind of do whatever. And KY Brad is, is saying curtains, shades, window tint. Yeah. yeah. So. The so I have CRL or CR Lawrence windows, which are like the kind of the bougie window option, but that's you know, they don't, they're the only one who make an eight foot window, so that's what I went with. They're already tinted, um, to a legal tint in every state that I'm aware of, by the way. In case I had to look all that up too, um, so you're, you're good to go. They're basically what you see when you see a passenger van, they're CR Lawrence windows, anyway. So they're already tinted, but the way you where I'm going to do it is I also have to worry about insulation, remember, because I'm going to be in North Dakota here in about a week and a half. And for those of you who haven't lived in North Dakota in the winter, you plug your car in because the engine will freeze or the oil will freeze technically. So like negative 40 degrees in Minot once a year. So um, I'm going to be in Grand Forks. It's a little bit different, but it's not quite as bad, but it, it's still pretty darn cold. So anyway, um, so my window covers are Reflectix on one side, like what you would put in your attic or insulation, like that silver bubble wrap. Yeah. And then the other side is a black, um, it's just it's like a just like a cloth material essentially. So if I if the van needs to be heated, I flip it around and put the black side out, and they're 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 they'll stop all the light regardless. But the black side goes out if I want to heat the van, and the reflectic side goes out if I want to cool the van. So reflectics in the summer, black side out for the winter, and they connect by taking uh, magnets actually and. The frame is steel, so you could connect it to those, but I chose instead to connect them to the actual frame of the windows, which was aluminum. So I actually had to paint the aluminum with a metallic coating <laughs> so that I could get the magnets to stick directly to the windows so that I have more room to put the wool insulation that goes around the window. Uh, There's a lot... like. You move. I, I was talking to my boyfriend about this. I was like, you move one inch in the van and you have to recalculate everything. Yeah. Like everything needs to be recalculated. <laughs> that math, dude, the pesky engineering. I mean, I, I like details, so I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> and what are you doing to heat that? Yeah, so I, um, you can buy, a lot of people will buy like a cheap, um, they say Chinese heater because it's literally made in China um, and it's, they'll use diesel. I, Trey insisted on being able to cook in the van, like actual cook, like wants to be able to make bread. And so I was like, okay, so wow. if we're going to try and do this, then I'm going to need a real propane stove so i have a yeah. real propane stove from for furion or something and i have to look it up anyway i have a real propane stove 
And so I'm going to be mounting, once I find out how much it takes to heat the van in the winter, I'll be mounting a propane tank that's appropriately sized underneath the vehicle that I will constantly tap into. Um, I'm using the Propex heater. It's the HS28000. I'm just like trying to pull this off the top of my head. The HS28000, I think, is the one I have. It's the newest one. It has the highest BP, BP, TUs, BTUs, yeah, BTUs for heat. Um, and it's going to be directed towards the middle of the van. So it'll just going to sit in the back and it's just, it'll just pull. I'm going to start with a standard, what you would normally put propane in the back of your, um, gas grill, just like a normal uh-huh. stand like that. And again, depending on how fast it go, I go through it, I'll be able to estimate how much I'm going to need to mount underneath, but I got to plumb all that with copper wire and everything. That sounds like you've got a heck of a, a plan going on here, man. Yeah, That's... and I will I will say this for anyone who's interested in like full out van lifing, I highly consider that you consider paying, or I highly want to encourage you to consider uh, paying someone to do this <laughs> <laughs> because, like, holy buckets! Um, the like I can tell you so many things that are like points of useless knowledge like like how high does a normal seat need to be to be comfortable for the average human to sit how far back does it go how high does the back need to go how deep do your cushions need to go what is the counter size how many inches do you need between your sink and the edge of the counter to be able to do an undermount like all of the specifics that go into building an entire house I can tell you all of those dimensions right now, literally off the top of my head with maybe some random exceptions. But, and again, every time you move, every time you move a thing, you're like, I want to make the sink 28 inches instead of 27. I have to recalculate the entire structural frame to make sure it fits and it's the right height and the right size and the cabinetry is correct and you can pull out the drawers and everything. That's crazy, man. Consider paying someone to do it. It's going to cost you an extra 30, 40, $50,000, but you have to think like, how many hours have I spent calculating these things? And I make, uh, without trying to be uh, conceited, I, I make enough as a travel nurse that I could have just paid somebody and just worked extra hours. Do you know what I mean? Like I could have just yeah. picked up some extra shifts. And, and like that work for you is easier than doing the van build. Yes, but I do enjoy doing things myself yeah. and I'm learning a, a crap ton and I enjoy that. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like if you asked me, would I do it again? I mean, yeah, I would definitely do it again. I mean, I, cause of who I am, it's cause of who, it's who I am. I just, now, you know, before we wrap up the show, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I want to, uh, ask you a couple of quick questions. One is from B3 outdoors. So first, what's your power supply? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm terrible at reading and talking at the same time. Oh, it's okay. Um, That's our job to present you with the questions. You don't have to keep up with them. But. Okay. So yeah, so um, I ended up going, and uh, so I will throw this out here as quickly as I can. Um, one of the other things I've had an issue with trying to watch van life videos is again, you're watching a bunch of people who are talking about how great it is that they love the thing that they're doing, but you're not talking to the people who know what they're talking about. So um, I went to um, Solar Panels Supply um, and they have an entire web laid out for like where you should be getting your solar panels and which one you should be getting and why this one's better than the other. You can't find that on the van life videos because the van life people are like, oh, I love uh, batter, batter or Battleborn. Everyone uses Battleborn because that's what so-and-so did. And that's like the cool name brand. And Battleborn is great. They are a great battery. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But they may not be the battery that you need or want, depending on what you're looking for. So I have SOK batteries. Um, I have 300 milliamp hours, um, mega amp hours. Yeah, sorry, it's M A H. So um, I have 300 of that. I have no solar yet because I just haven't 
cross that bridge, I'm planning on using sh uh, shore power because I will always be in a city. So I can always plug in when I'm at a hospital. That won't be a problem for me. Uh, I can also just take the batteries into work if I really wanted to, and hopefully the hospital doesn't care. So, but I, I have SOK batteries. And the reason I went with them is because they have one of the um, like best return rates and they're half the price of Battleborn. And they are they have been tested to be just as effective in terms of making sure they don't overheat and that they won't charge when it's below 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So like they are they are the best battery to have. And very few people have them in the van life community because everyone talks about Battleborn because they're great at marketing, to be honest with you. Battleborn's great at that. All right. And then the other one is is very relevant to backpacking because I don't know if you took a backpacking chair with you, but uh, I take one all the time and it is like, it sits a little bit too low. So Doc Watson wants to know how high should that seat be? Because yeah. being tall, I always feel like mine is way too short. Yeah. So there's a range, right? Um, so the average height for a chair would be uh, 20 or would be 18 inches. Once you get higher than 22 inches from the actual floor to the seat where your physical butt will will rest, it becomes uncomfortable for most people. Again, I'm 6'2". Jeremiah, I think you're, you're taller than me, yeah. aren't you? Uh, about six two, six three. Well, I think I think you were telling me again. It's been a couple of years. Um, so in general, though, like I said, you and I would prefer something higher. So, for example, in the van build, for example, the water tank that I have again, every inch you got to recalculate everything. The water tank itself is twenty inches. So my seat height will be twenty inches. It is on the upper element of how high you want to sit because I have to add a cushion that's two inches tall. Mm, so you're sitting at 22 now so for me i'm going to be fine but anyone else who comes into my van is going to be like this is a little tall like i'm kind of <laughs> cutting the circulation off the bottom of my legs yeah. you can get away with certain things on different heights so if you ever look in an office chair for example like a professional office chair and similar to the one that i'm sitting in for example if you can see me they'll have a rounded front end where your legs sit so that way you can actually have a higher posture without actually cutting the circulation off behind your legs but the average height is 18 inches to approximately 22 on the upper end. 18 is where you're going to be aiming. Toilet seats are 18, 19 once you add the actual seat. Most of your chairs you're going to sit at the dining room table are going to be 18 inches because almost all human beings can sit at that level. When you get higher, you're going to start – those people who are 5'3", five, 5'4", five, they're going to – they're going to really struggle sitting on a, a chair just to have dinner. I was going to say most table heights are like 20 to 30 inches or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, so a countertop would be about 36 for most people. I find it short. Uh, I do prefer my countertops to be closer to 38, but bar heights are going to be closer to 42. Mm -hmm. My van will actually have – is not finishedly built. It will have two heights. It will have a 42 um, cocktail bar on the back. It's a long story. And then it will have a working countertop um, that will be um, – sorry if you're kissing here. My dog is going nuts. I thought that was my dog. Oh, no, it's Knox. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. He's going. He's going nuts. I apologize. Um, but yeah, so normal counter hop would be 36. Um, and then um, random side note on dogs, by the way, don't chain, don't train them in a language your boyfriend cannot pronounce. Very, <laughs> very hard for him to give commands in French. <laughs> um, but for the countertops, yeah, a normal uh, table, it can be any height you really want. But honestly, you want to have at least three inch clearance between your thighs and where the bottom is. Um, and and there are exceptions to that rule for anyone who's a board gamer. You know that you put volts in your tables that are a little bit tight. But yeah, so probably about 24 inches for most. Yeah, probably too low. I don't know. Probably closer to 28. I don't know. The countertop. It just depends. Mine's going to mine's gonna go up and down. Just, My desk yeah. goes up and down, actually. It's at 30 yeah. inches right now. So 
Yeah, it's just kind of like it just depends on the person. It depends on how much space you want. It just this is a lot. There's a lot that goes on to that one. But I uh, lagoon table mounts are lagoon table mounts are like what to do. They they're phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, that was so, yeah. such such a pleasure talking to you, Greer. Got like here. I was you were talked at. I feel like <laughs> no, 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 that was great, man. <laughs> yeah, we we got to cover backpacking. And some van life, which we haven't talked to anybody on here really about van life. So it's very interesting. I have, a, you know, I have a lot of questions. And if we ever uh, do build out a van, you'll be my first point of contact for sure. Yeah, I could tell you a lot. <laughs> I mean, none of it's bad. It's just like, have you considered? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, awesome. a lot. Like, like use, use wood. Don't don't use aluminum. Learning how to tip weld is like. Make it for the pros. <laughs> I was going to say, the stuff you're going to know after this is going to be insane. Like, yeah. just the things you're going to be able to do. That's just... And that's, that's what I like be, about it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's worth that's worth spending the money, like like kind of what your dad said. Yeah, you're losing money, you gain an experience. That is the truth. So, you, you mentioned that you don't do a whole lot of the social media stuff, but um, I know that we had talked before off-air that you are interested in maybe doing something potentially in the future. Have you started anything yet anywhere that anybody can find you or follow you? On anything? I need to set up an Instagram. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't do like you, like, I don't know, like your viewers. Like I don't, I got off Facebook for mental health issue reasons because like I went to a very prestigious high school. And so like um, when your friends are like, getting their plane pilot licenses and they're playing polo with like, you know, the princes of wherever you're like, okay, I just need to stop now. I just need to stop. So like, it's my, the people I went to school with, if you like the wealthiest people you've ever met in your life. Anyway, uh, my family was not that wealthy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. The American public for paying for me to go to school in Canada. <laughs> thank you, everybody. It was an amazing experience. Um, but yeah, I literally got off Facebook because I was just like, I don't, a lot of people were like normal, but then there would just be people who pop up in your feed and you're just like, oh, God, yeah, I'm not getting married in France. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was just like, I got off. So I don't do any. I don't do Instagram. I had Snapchat for a hot minute. Don't have that. Um, anything I will be under in the future would be mersing.me. So I did buy a domain name because I am a male nurse. Mersing. Ha, ha, ha. I like that. Uh, I like, yeah, yeah so, that's good. Mersing.me, and I need to set it up, and I hope to do that this weekend. Um, and it'll be that's where I will post any of the band life stuff. It'll where I'll post anything that I do. Um, and again, I'm not about you don't have to like or subscribe by all means. Do not. It'll make me feel like I have to do it. Um, but it'll be there, is my point. So mersing, mersing. As, as in nursing, but with an M. Yep. As dot in me. Yep. Mersing.me. Awesome. Uh, Greer, is there anything before we conclude the show that, uh, you wanted to mention? No, I could talk for days about anything, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I honestly thank you for letting me come on and do this. It's actually a lot of fun. I said, I would, uh, I would definitely do this again. I'll have to keep you guys posted on the van and any other camping, hiking stuff I ended up getting into. For Very sure. Cool, man. Yeah, it was cool. great to meet you as well, John. Yeah, it's good meeting you too, man. It's real good meeting you. That's, uh, uh and you're welcome, Karen. I guess I'm now learning to read comments. So thank you for commenting <laughs> that you appreciated me being a nurse. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and you as well, John. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot, of, a lot of questions today. A lot of really great comments. Uh, Greer, if you can hang out in the green room for a few minutes. Oh, of course. We'll, we'll chat with you here in just a second, if that's okay with you. Yeah, not a problem. All right, brother. We'll talk to you in a little bit.
See you in a moment. See ya. Jeremiah, was it good catching up with your old friend? Dude, that was that was so much fun. I can't wait to see him in person. He he did live a lot closer, like literally here in Kentucky, so more accessible. But I'm happy for him doing his travel nursing thing, living life, doing the van life, and getting to backpack and all that. That's something special. Yeah, man. Yeah, next week is a uh, is going to be an interesting episode because we are the guests of our own episode next week. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in studio Monday. Yeah, I'm going to be in a hotel probably somewhere on Monday. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't I, wait to I, see your setup. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't even. Know. I may have to go to a restaurant or something. I don't know yet. I don't know what I'm going to do as far as internet. So I'm actually going to be in Pennsylvania over the weekend. Uh, I've got some speaking engagements to do, and then I am actually going to be backpacking Sunday night with some other people. I don't want to say who I want to kind of save that for the, the podcast, but uh, yeah, got to be backpacking with some friends in Pennsylvania. So I'm pretty excited about that. I've never actually backpacked in Pennsylvania before. I didn't do the Appalachian trail or anything like that. So I'm kind of excited about getting in Pennsylvania and see what it's like. Uh, I do know that Pennsylvania is one giant pothole. So uh, <laughs> driving through the state is going to be an adventure all by itself, but uh, definitely excited about next week's episode and just the two of us getting to chat a little bit. I know you have some secret gear that we're not going to talk about. But, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to utilize it soon. And by the time that we come on air next week, I should have used it. So I'm excited to give you my take on it. It's it's brand new gear that ha- it's already released to the public, right? Anybody can buy it. So after you hear me talk about it. it's just been released know. in the last few weeks. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very, very new. So I just got my hands on it today. And got to check it out. I've seen pictures, man. I've seen the pictures. You sent me pictures. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I had somebody ask me earlier. I want to make sure I answer this question. There was. Let me see if I can get back to it real quick. Yeah, there's a lot of comments. A lot of great comments today. But there was one specific one, and I wanted to make sure. There it is right here. How are those Topos working for me? Dude, I actually really like them. I've been using the Topo Ultra Venture 2s. And... Man, those are great shoes. You ever used those before? No, but I am in the market for uh, for new shoes. My thick soled Hoka's are pretty much spent. I mean, they're they're cashed out, bro. Oh, you had them for over a year, haven't you? I don't know how long I've had them, but I put a lot of miles on them. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you put a lot on them. Uh, I I've had the Topos for maybe a month and a half. Oh, you're breaking them in. Yeah, so I mean, but they're they're great, man. So far, so good. They're really comfortable. They got a huge wide toe box, you know, for my big old hobbit feet. I mean, they're they're fantastic. So so far, so good. Uh, that's all I'll say for right now. So far, so good. So uh, real quick, do what Karen said. Smash that like button for us. Let everybody know that this has been something you've enjoyed. And uh, for myself and Jeremiah, Jeremiah, it's been great hanging out with you tonight. Yeah, the pleasure's all mine, man. Thank you, everybody, for joining the show, and hopefully see you back next week. Absolutely. So we will see you guys later. Adios.